0: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Butts in the Seats podcast, the March 29th, 1999 Monday Nitro. I'm Nick alongside Emily.
1: Hello. Hi. Welcome.
0: And Emily, it occurs to me that we have not really said what the hell this podcast actually is in quite some time. I think we did it for like the first like three episodes and then we got the hang of things. So we went, okay, you know, we know what it's about.
1: <laughs> yeah, we figure everybody else knows too.
0: So Emily, in short, short summation, what do we do here?
1: So we are going week by week through WCW's Nitro product and kind of identifying the fall of the WCW company.
0: Yeah, pretty much. We, uh, yeah, we're not doing Thunders at this point, which unfortunately means that we're going to miss out on a glorious NWO B-team battle royal.
1: Oh no, darn.
0: What you just heard there is about the same crowd noise as, uh, what happened during that match.
1: I'm so sad we're not watching Thunder.
0: I thought about like sneaking it in as like, a little bonus segment.
1: Absolutely. I will not watch Thunder until we have to watch Thunder.
0: So you're taking a very similar approach to Thunder as it seems like the rest of the show is. Where it's like, listen, I'm not going to do anything with this until I have to. Right. As previously mentioned, we are focusing on the March 29th, 1999 Monday Nitro, aka the last one of the original set.
1: The original set?
0: The staging and... Oh, that set. I thought you were and, talking
1: about, like, an episode set. No. no, no, no. <laughs> the set of the stage.
0: No, yes, this is Monday Nitro Series 15. Right. This show is live from Toronto, Canada, and apparently it's like, this is the first time we've been in Canada on TNT, and I'm like... Okay, that's a qualifier. Yeah, it's a weird qualifier. I'm So it seems like it's the first you know, Nitro on there, but I don't know if they've had pay-per-views, and they definitely did, like, house shows at some point. But that was always very firmly kind of stampede wrestling in WWF country, so Mm -hmm. that might kind of be why they hadn't done any shows there.
1: WWE is kind of blacklisted in Toronto at this point, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. Really? Well, (sighs) audience-wise.
0: That's a bit complicated. Like, I think they actually show up probably shorter than you think. Yeah, I'll put it this way. The people of Canada don't forget even in, like, 2004. Yeah. So it's one of those, okay, we're just going to go, and they're going to show up, and they'll be mad at Shawn Michaels, and that'll pretty much be it. Oh, and Earl Hebner.
1: <laughs> and Earl, of course. Fuck Earl.
0: So the show opens with David Flair and Tori Wilson, and I don't remember what they do.
1: They just, like, mumble talk to each other in front of a fireplace, and David talks about how Hulk Hogan is a better father figure than Ric Flair is.
0: Yeah, he's like, I spent one day with him and he's a better dad. It's like...
1: "Hmm." Okay. Yeah, they're they're in a black and white sort of hue in front of a fireplace, backs to the camera, just like mumble-talking to each other, as, you know, David Flair does. And, yeah, they're just talking about Hogan, how great of a dad he is, I guess.
0: So we then go into the arena... I would say we go to Nitro, but according to Tony Schiavone, Nitro doesn't start for another hour.
1: Which confirms what we said, I think, last episode, that the first, epi- the first hour of Nitro is just a freaking pre-show.
0: See, but they don't say it's a pre-show. It, they don't, they just is. don't say what it is.
1: But Tony Schiavone saying that Nitro does not start for another hour, that is confirmation to me that that first hour is a pre-show. Like we're not going to not watch it. I'll put it this way:
0: on the the TV listings and in the ratings, that first hour is nitro.
1: I understand that (laughs) that is what on
0: Peacock it is nitro.
1: Listen, I understand, but for all intents and purposes, it is a pre-show, and you will not convince me otherwise because we have said, as this podcast has gone in the last couple episodes, that the the show does not really start getting good until the second hour when it goes up against Raw,
0: which kind of makes no sense.
1: Oh, no, and this is another conversation that we've had. They should be having, like, some of their great stuff in the first hour. And or better save, building. Better to, building, correct. Something to keep an audience so that when the hour mark comes, you're not like, eh, I'm bored. Let's see what they're doing. But who am I?
0: So the first thing we see in the arena, though, is a blue VW Beetle <laughs> sponsored by Beetle Adventure Racing on the N64.
1: Which you did some research into.
0: It is the Battle for the Beetles sweepstakes. <laughs> commentary is just kind of chatting and there's huge we want brett chants kind of going throughout a good portion of this night yeah larry zabisco starts talking about brett and completely fumbles his fucking catchphrase so you know he's the best that is and um, he doesn't really what, seem to care yeah he just kind of like forgot and gave up halfway through yeah. trying to remember what brett's catchphrase was turning then throws to a clip from last week of Bret hart saying he can beat goldberg in five minutes and they're really pushing the five minute aspect of that
1: which to me means that the next pay per view there's going to be like some sort of timed match. That would make sense. But because you okay, but because you just <laughs> said that, it's not going to happen. Now, growing up, when you were you one of the kids that when you would see a a VW Beetle, were you like, man, I really want that car?
0: No, we did the Punch Boogie game.
1: I mean, we did the Punch Boogie game too, but like in like third grade when they asked like, what's your dream car? That was one of mine.
0: I really wonder how the Punch Boogie game got started.
1: Do you think it was like a marketing thing? Do you think that Volkswagen made it up?
0: I don't know. Hmm. After the clip, we get Conan coming out to a theme that might be new, but I rate that pretty much every time Conan comes out.
1: <laughs> he's going by the moniker of K-Dog, too. I think he's used that before. Has he? Yeah. Because I don't like it. Eh. Why is it. In case you forgot, with the Volkswagen talk, it's 1999, so everyone is blank dog.
0: Yeah. It's unoriginal, but I'm not like, ooh.
1: Yeah. I didn't like it. I just don't like Conan, so.
0: What if you had Ernest Miller come out and he could be the cat dog?
1: I think Nickelodeon would have a field day with that lawsuit.
0: Is that show out at that point? Oh, good
1: question. I don't know.
0: I don't know when cat dog was.
1: That might have been early 2000s.
0: 1998.
1: Oh, so it is out. So they would have had a lawsuit.
0: So Conan and Disco Inferno apparently will have a match at Spring Stampede because of that music video.
1: Oh, yeah. Feud. When they were talking about this, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a feud, sort of, kind of, maybe, I guess. I don't remember anything from it, really. I remember it being kind of dumb.
0: But Conan cuts his normal kind of Spanglish promo, which prompted me to look up the um, demographics of Canada. And I'm like, oh, large chance no one knew what he was saying in Canada.
1: Yeah, you said there's not a very big Spanish. Not that there's no Spanish. No, it was like
0: under 3%.
1: Whereas in America, it's.
0: So he's cutting his promo, and who comes out to interrupt but Vincent?
1: Which prompted me to do a giant sigh and roll my eyes, because this thing is still happening. Ugh!
0: Conan clearly has a good quip he wants to use on Vincent. And Vincent's like, no, and just shouts over him until he's in the ring. And I'm like, what was the joke you had? I want to know.
1: happens all the time with Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. When they are in like a backstage segment, they're not actually like doing a match or something. They just have like a backstage sort of promo, like talking at each other. They have phrases or quips that they want to throw at each other and they just yell over each other.
0: I Honestly, hate it. I think that's reason. more on Flair.
1: I don't care. The more it's- I've
0: been watching, Hogan usually waits his turn. Granted, he'll take, like, four turns, yeah. but he'll wait his turn. There's a lot of classic, um, like, Survivor Series, like, large group promos, where Hogan will go first, everyone will do their thing, and then Hogan will go, go last. <laughs> but this is a match now, and it'll be Conan versus Vincent. Why? In which, Vincent, like, works over Conan for most of this match, making him look like a complete jabroni. Jabroni. You just said
1: chibroni.
0: So, nothing happens. Stevie Ray comes down. Vince gets distracted, kinda. Conan hits a face buster, then locks him in the tequila sunrise and wins.
1: Oh, I, I don't know if this... I meant to go back and look. Did Vincent trip getting into the ring?
0: I didn't really notice it.
1: Okay, I think I noticed him trip getting in the ring. I think
0: I was just waiting for Conan to get his quip. I think I missed it if Vincent did.
1: Fair. That is fair. But yeah, this was a really nothing match, and commentary was a pain in the ass through all of it, as they are through this whole episode. I really hate commentary. I
0: just want Nitro to stop making me watch Vincent matches.
1: Yeah, and I really want Nitro to stop making me watch anything that has to do with, I'm the leader of the NWO. No, I'm the leader of the NWO. It doesn't matter. This is the stupidest feud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is it dumber than what happens next? Just Hulk (laughs) Hogan and Tori Wilson... Talking about David Flair.
1: Yes, I do think it is stupider because this actually goes somewhere.
0: Well, they're talking about David Flair for a little bit. And then Tori Wilson asks about the match Hogan had with Kevin Nash, like kind of unprompted.
1: You know, the match.
0: And Hogan to Tori Wilson is like, oh man, it was one of the biggest battles of my career. Like he's treating it like it was a shoot.
1: I'm pretty sure he called it one of the most savage battles of his career. Bear bear in mind, we are not talking about a real match. We are talking about the finger poke. This is the finger poke.
0: Tori asks him something and he whispers in her ear. And I'll be honest, Tori Wilson looked a little uncomfortable through all of this.
1: I wonder what he whispered.
0: No, I'm saying beforehand. Oh, really? So we'll kind of continue with this later. Uh, It does seem to be going somewhere. We then get a Mean Gene interview in the ring with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Which I thought was weird to immediately have the Hogan segment. Backstage, and then he's coming out.
1: Yeah. In this segment, Hulk Hogan does mention that he has the largest arms in the house. In the world. Oh, in the world. Someone tell Scott Steiner. Does he know? Does he know? (laughs) Did he know that he just got battled, basically?
0: I think Hogan used to claim that before anyway. But Hogan is in full face promo mode here. Yeah, he is. He opens with the, well, you know something mean, Gene, which gets a big pop.
1: The audience was just really hot for this episode.
0: Canadian crowds usually are. Canadian crowds also are known for ignoring heels and faces and kind of cheering whoever they want. Just like me. They, I don't
1: know who's a heel and who's a face well, ever. They,
0: for a while, WWE was trying to z- treat it as like, oh, it's Bizarro Land. We don't know why these guys are getting cheered. It's like... Okay. Yeah, it's like, why is heel Cesaro... Doing you know a swing of twenty rounds, getting cheered. This is so weird
1: because it's amazing. Have you yeah. seen Cesaro do the swing? It's incredible.
0: It, it also doesn't help that Hogan immediately puts over the crowd and slips like right back into his '80s promos, mm. just fully coked up kind of thing. <laughs> Except for the fact of he doesn't have the voice for it anymore.
1: Oh, I'm sure his vocal cords are fried.
0: Yeah, he's trying to do it, and just like, man, if you listen to, like, you know, one around WrestleMania, like, three-ish to now, granted, that's almost 15 years. Yeah. he The voice is so different.
1: That's what happens when you scream for a living.
0: But the gist of it is, he wants to wrestle Ric Flair for the belt. And he keeps saying, I won, it should be my belt.
1: Yeah, he says, I am the man because I beat the man. Where is my belt?
0: He also says that he has Kevin Nash backstage with the rest of the Wolf Pack, just looking for Flair. And I'm like, this is such a weird fucking face turn. It is. It's like, I have weaponized the NWO, but I'm a face.
1: Yeah, it's strange.
0: This wasn't a bad promo. It was just kind of weird. They're, like, being very non-committal with this face turn.
1: I think this would count for, like, Bizarro Land promo world. I think. Because it feels weird to see Hulk Hogan as a face. So the fact that he's being treated like one is a little strange. And the fact that, like, what he's saying is not very facey of him. So well, it is,
0: and then it's not. It's it's a little like too mixed is the issue. True. On commentary, they suddenly teased that Sting might be here, which kind of ruins the surprise a bit.
1: Yeah, I really wish they hadn't done that.
0: I think they wanted people. To, they wanted to make sure people stayed tuned in.
1: <sighs> I guess, yeah, because this is before the world of Twitter. Obviously, people would yeah. be like, "Oh, I got Sting's on WCW. Change the channel."
0: Did you hear how they knew that Sting might be there?
1: They saw him in the airport. No, right? no, no, no!
0: Customs tipped them off.
1: Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I know. I heard. Like, like, we in heard the from customs
0: agents that Sting, you know, crazy crossed the border.
1: That's so weird. Like, what customs agents can be like? I got this hot tip for you.
0: We then go to sixty seconds with Goldberg again. It's the same thing from last week. So not actually sixty seconds in total. No, there is like a sixty seconds. second countdown during it, but
1: yeah, that countdown. I think that bothers me the most. Because there's flashing the numbers, but the numbers aren't even coming up in, like, matching increments of time of each other.
0: Yeah, it'll be So it'll be
1: like 50, 49, 48,
0: 47,
1: 46, 45. Pick one.
0: (laughs) I think that's what prompted me to go, is this even 60 seconds? Absolutely not. After 60 seconds with Goldberg on commentary, they're talking about Sting some more. But what is he wearing? Because they make a big (laughs) deal out of... Is he wearing the black and white? Is he wearing the black and red? You know, basically, is he Wolfpack or not?
1: Oh, I forgot he was in the NWO. Yeah,
0: you mentioned to me that we've only seen him, like, once. I
1: don't know anything about Sting. I've seen him in Halloween Havoc, I guess. Yeah. And that's it. And got, that was
0: months ago. Yeah, he got taken out by Bret Hart. Sure, I don't know. And unfortunately, because I've only really watched WWE, I don't really know a ton about Sting. So, it'd be a so nice learning city? experience for both of us.
1: Okay. I really thought that you knew more about him, so it was just going to be me being like, I don't know, because on every episode that we watch, like everyone's like wearing sting masks, and sting is this big deal. I'm like, I don't know anything about this guy. Yeah. I'm supposed to want him back. I'm supposed to love him, but I don't know who he is. <laughs> Great, it's we started in October, but like you know,
0: it's also just a generally strange character. Of he's meant to be this like mysterious vigilante. But he still has like certain elements of like his old surfer gimmick, especially in his promo style where, you know, he'll come down, be all mysterious, then be like, ow
1: Yeah, I did not know that he had a surfer gimmick. He's he seems very like mysterious to me, kind of like from from what I know about Sting, I think of him as like kinda Undertaker Kane esque.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what the gimmick turned into.
1: Okay. So it's like how Undertaker went from mysterious wizard man to motorcycle biker-taker?
0: Sting never really had super fantastical kind of powers.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Picture more like Batman.
1: So he has gadgets.
0: He has his baseball bat.
1: That's not a gadget.
0: <laughs> what if Batman just
1: whipped out a baseball
0: bat? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Batman. Oh my
1: god.
0: That's why he's called Batman. What do you think?
1: Oh no, I don't know anything.
0: But Sting would also, like, repel down from the rafters.
1: Right. I did know that.
0: Commentary notes that Mike Tenay interviewed DDP this past weekend, and Tenay throws to a Steiner DDP feud package before the interview actually happens.
1: So I know this has nothing to do with the interview, but I do find it really funny that I take my notes on an iPad for these shows, and it always autocorrects Mike Tenay to Mike Teeny. <laughs> it makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> the package was very dramatic. It left out the bit of Scott Steiner trying to sue... DDP and get him arrested, Mm, which they just dropped. Good. I did note that they probably should have cut Buff Bagwell out of this feud package.
1: Yeah, probably. Because... But if it were up to you, they would cut Buff Bagwell out of everything.
0: Different reasons. (laughs) This is, hey, you know how Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner are feuding? Here's a reminder of how they were pals. Fair. He didn't do much in the package either, so you really could have just... Not showed him removing the turnbuckle and just had, like, a close-up shot of the turnbuckle and it's gets the same point across.
1: True. I don't know.
0: So at the actual interview, Mike Tanae asked for an update on Kimberly and for an update on DDP himself. DDP says that Kimberly's doing fine and apparently he had a herniated disc, but he's better a, now.
1: And that disc, like, was starting to paralyze his leg?
0: I don't know how much of that was really Yeah. Because he missed, like, a little over a month.
1: Yeah, not long enough to have, like, a, par- a paralysis and recovery. But, in the interview, they mentioned the thirty day stipulation thing that you and I had questions about,
0: yeah, and DDP is like, "No, I didn't fucking agree to that. <laughs> no, it's stupid. Why would I do that? Yeah, <laughs> which i I did note at the time, I'm like, yeah, no one ever agreed to that. It's just when Steiner came out and said,
1: "Right, But that could have honestly gone either way. It could have been like, yeah, you fucking stupid. Why did you think that that was going to actually happen? And WCW being like, oh, about the 30-day stipulation. Like, they could have rolled with it.
0: Mike Tanay starts kind of making excuses for why DDP lost. And DDP's like, no, no, no. I, like, I don't need your excuses. And then Tanay calls him the People's Champion. And DDP was like, don't call me that. Just stop with that. Don't don't believe the hype or something.
1: I don't know exactly the terminology. But I'm also curious, because I know that they had the same thing at the same time with People's Champion. Was, The the Rock was using People's Champion at this point, was he? I
0: don't really think so, because he's no? a heel at this point. He's the Corporate Champion.
1: But before he was Corporate Champion, was he People's? Because I know they were both po- the People's possibly, Champion at the same time.
0: Possibly, but that's not a uniquely wrestling term.
1: No? Okay. I was wondering if there was some sort of rivalry.
0: I think when DDP came over WWE, I don't think they even ever brought it up.
1: Yeah. That would have been funny, though, to do, like, a battle of the People's Champions.
0: Yeah, but then they went with the Stalker storyline.
1: Yeah, that made DDP look great.
0: DDP says he'll be back soon, but not like a bull in a china shop. He's going to do it his way, and he's coming for Steiner. I thought this was a really good interview.
1: It was. It was a very telling. Like People need to know what they need to know, and gives you an idea of DDP and his mindset now. Yeah, like,
0: I was intrigued. I, I wrote, I'm looking forward to seeing him back, whenever that is. Eventually. After the interview, we get another match. We get Wrath versus Kenny Chaos.
1: Boy, was I looking forward to this one.
0: (laughs) Two big power boys going nowhere.
1: Yeah. I always forget how, like, tall and built Wrath is. Oh, yeah. I just think of him as a nothing guy because he kind of is, like, a nothing guy, but he's kind of hunky.
0: I think you think of him as being, like, Kenny Chaos.
1: Probably. I probably get them mixed up in my head. But he's hunky. He's a little hunky. I'd smash.
0: Commentary dubs this, like, weird submission The Web. It was the one where he, like, kind of had, like, his neck hooked over the top rope, but then had his leg wrapped around him a oh, little bit. Oh
1: yeah, and I couldn't really tell like where the pressure was going on that one. Yeah, it's
0: like it's the web and it's like well he's in the ropes, so it's literally never going to finish the match. Yeah, no. The only exception to that is the uh, Tarantula.
1: Well, cuz you can you can tap out of the Tarantula, right? No,
0: you're you're in the ropes, but it's like it's meant to be this hold is devastating, so like 4 seconds is enough.
1: You will fall out and you will not kind be, be, be able out to kick of it. Out. Yeah, yeah. This does not have the same impact as no. the tarantula.
0: On commentary, Tony notes the 9 p.m. start time again. So, what are we watching?
1: It's the pre-show. I'm telling you.
0: I just want them to say it because they they're of saying are. no. They're saying nature starts at nine. Okay.
1: The TV guide says eight.
0: What are then? What are we currently watching? Just fo- follow up your sentence with "Welcome back to the pre-show." Nature will be on in you know ten minutes. Right. Ugh. Kenny Chaos hits a diving leg drop, which does not get the pin. Wrath hits a like sleeper urinagi kind of move, apparently called the death penalty.
1: Yeah.
0: And then he gets a really like brutal looking meltdown for the win. And I just don't care.
1: No, I don't really care either. But my hunky boy won. Ooh.
0: After the match we get Mike and Tony plugging the hotline. Usual kind of clickbaity stuff.
1: Yeah. I always think it's it's so expensive because it's like a dollar sixty nine per minute. Yeah. That's so expensive.
0: And, you know, it's probably like, welcome to the CW. Oh, yeah.
1: Would you like to hear about the episode? Press one for yes. Like, yeah, it's... Ugh.
0: Backstage, Kevin Nash and Tori Wilson have a chat. And she asks him, about, like, hey, what, what happened with that, uh, with that Hogan match?
1: Yeah, Kev, what happened?
0: Well, apparently, Tori is breaking the news to Kevin Nash that Hulk Hogan's like, yeah, I beat him. And, and we had a really hard-fought match, and Kevin Nash is like, "That's interesting," because <laughs> yeah, he's pretty in like he's annoyed and disbelief.
1: So isn't is but Kevin, he doesn't
0: actually say anything.
1: Is Kevin Nash in the mindset that that was just like a fuck you sort of match, is like playful, sort of not real?
0: Yeah, okay. Kevin Nash is clearly aware of the reality of the situation, okay. and Hogan, who they're pushing for a face turn, is, is like trying to make this real. Yeah. Oh my god! So Kevin Nash is like, no, did you? He literally asks, did you watch the match? She's like, yeah. He's like, then don't be stupid. (laughs) But that sounds like they're sowing some seeds of dissension. So apparently we're close enough to the top of the hour. So we're just starting Nitro. Because Mean Gene brings out Ric Flair. And he does the thing where he starts introducing him. And the 2001 music is like starting up. And I'm like, oh, I still love that. Mm -hmm. You can't do that with anybody else. But it works great for Flair.
1: It really does.
0: Flair does not do his mean woo. By God, Gene. I, no. I honestly, I'm like, I think we're done. No. He's a heel now.
1: Oh come on. Heel but already Flair can't do ugh, it. We already lost. Who's that Pokemon? Because Ray Mysterio got on mass. We can't lose. Mean woo. By God, Gene.
0: Well, Flair comes out and gets a big heel response. Gene mm-hmm. asks him about the Hogan challenge. Flair kind of brushes it off and says that going to Canada was a bad decision because he doesn't like being here. <laughs> the laziest cheat. i don't
1: like it here
0: i thought your local sports team stuff was pretty lazy this was even lazier (laughs) flair says he has a surprise and is gonna bring out like a major superstar but he gets interrupted by asshole chance (laughs) so flair brings out ddp
1: what i thought he was coming back on his own time
0: yeah this seemed really weird to do This this interview and then just yeah, I Bring him out it. 20 minutes later?
1: If that. I hated that.
0: DDP compares Flair to Bischoff, which is a pretty fair thing. And he comes out, you know, like a face. Mm-hmm. They trade barbs, which feel a little real in terms of like, yeah, we don't like each other. Like You were holding me down when you were pushing me. It's like, yeah, I don't like that you got here, but here you are. Like, I'm kind of wondering if there was some real heat there.
1: Probably. There's probably like bits of reality in there. I wouldn't be surprised at least.
0: DDP wants a match with Scott Steiner and then just heals on the crowd and Canada as a whole. But he's working against Flair, which would make you think he's a face.
1: Right. So, but, like, I don't feel bad for not knowing who's heel and who's face. Because shit like this happens. I don't feel bad about it.
0: Well, I have a theory that I'll tell you about at the end of this segment. So, Hogan comes out and he wants a match with Flair. So, Flair makes... Hogan versus DDP, and Hogan agrees to that. Even
1: though that's not what anybody wanted. And there's
0: nothing on the line. It's not like, oh, Hogan wins, he gets the title shot, DDP wins, he gets the signer match. Nope, nothing like that. Flair offers to be DDP's manager, but DDP doesn't want it, but Flair will be it anyway. And in the middle of them arguing about that, we cut to Sting up in the rafters. Which they kind of miss... The first time. I don't think Flair can actually find him. (laughs) Because Flair is just like walking in circles looking up. And it's like... Like, He knows
1: he's supposed to be there somewhere. It's just where?
0: So Sting is just watching. And that's pretty much the segment. This was a fucking mess.
1: My favorite part of it was when Hogan came out. He starts talking to DDP. And he's like, you know, we've got something in common. And then he goes on to say nothing that they have in common.
0: I think it was that they didn't like Flair. But he didn't even say it. He didn't say it. So I have a theory. My theory is that DDP is going to be a face next week.
1: Okay.
0: Hogan is in the middle of a face turn. And I think Hogan, with his creative control, didn't want to do baby face versus babyface, So he had DDP heel on the crowd. Uh, that way DDP would be a heel.
1: And next week you think they're going to like team up and be buddies?
0: I, I don't know if they'll be buddies, but it was interesting that DDP went, Canada sucks, and like praised the USA. So if they're in the USA next week, technically he wouldn't be a heel to them. True. We'll see that that'll be confirmed or you know, disproven next week, but it wouldn't shock me.
1: But Sting's back! Yay!
0: Then we get the Nitro opening, which is the last time with this set. We get the Nitro girls in the ring, and we actually noticed they recycled material.
1: Yes, this is the same dance as a few weeks ago.
0: It it was it was like that rain dance kind of move that tipped us off. We've that seen this familiar. one before. Hmm. Speaking of things that I feel like we've seen before, but I guess we probably haven't. Scott Norton versus Rick Steiner. And Ugh. I remember in the first couple months of the show when the NWO music used to bring a very like different type of dread. Now it's just <laughs> again. So this is the battle of two large men in black singlets with mustache goatee combos. My
1: god, these men are identical.
0: And nothing happens for a while, match goes to commercial. When we come back, both men are down.
1: Yeah, this match was so nothing.
0: Scott Norton tries to hit some sort of powerbomb, piledriver, dominator kind of thing. He basically picks him up and then goes to like, drop him on his face, which I don't know if that's what was supposed to happen, because it looked pretty fucking scary.
1: Oh, wait, yes, I do remember this. Yeah, 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 because that was...
0: Like, it looked like he was going for a piledriver at one point, but then he kind of yeah. kept picking him up, and then he went, oh, I guess I'm supposed to go this it, far, it and like just like slipped. dropped him. yeah. yeah.
1: It felt like he kind of, like, his arms gave out or something, or he slipped or lost his grip.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering how much of it is him not caring, considering finish this match is Rick Steiner hits Steiner Bulldog, and Scott Norton kicks out at 3.1, which means the pin did happen, Mm -hmm. but uh, Scott Norton wanted to keep himself strong. He did get in in trouble with people in the back for that. Did he? He was not supposed to do that. Good. Okay, good. (laughs) And we missed it. Apparently, a couple weeks ago, there was, like, a big brawl with like the four horsemen and the nwo and he was just no selling
1: oh was it like on thunder
0: i it might have been on nitro we might have just missed it no. scott norton's a bit in the doghouse because he thinks he should be a big star welcome
1: to the doghouse you didn't do that on purpose
0: no i did not but so that worked <laughs> uh, this was not a good match this is a rough night for matches so far
1: yeah this is not a match uh, a good match episode
0: then go backstage and Rey Mysterio is talking to Billy Kidman. My boys. He wants him to be his partner in a tag team title match against Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. Oh. Kidman very smartly is like, listen, I've done shit like this before. Can we, like, not fuck each other over? Can we just not?
1: (laughs) I like when they're a team. I love my boys. They do so well in the ring together, like, against each other or with each other. I love them. I love them so much.
0: Rey agrees, so that'll be our match. I... Have to be consistent, it is stupid that Rey Mysterio is getting a tag title match when he doesn't even have a partner. That match is in, you know, two or three from now, and Rey Mysterio does not have a partner for a tag title match. True. Again, tag team. I I should really emphasize the word team there.
1: Tag team title match.
0: Yeah. It's like, hey, you're going to face, well, I guess last week they booked one guy against and somebody just ran down, so maybe that's how they're doing things now. So we got a couple matches until then. Next up, we have a TV title match. It is Booker T against Chris Adams.
1: So this is the British guy, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I cannot keep this guy's name straight because he sounds, that name sounds so American and he comes out in like the Union Jack undies. Well, it
0: doesn't help that Brian Adams is part of the NWO.
1: Right. And Brian Adams is also the name of a country singer, so it's very difficult for Emily.
0: So Booker T doesn't get a big vocal response, but like he is over.
1: Oh yeah, I love
0: Booker T. Which might just be the the crowd because later when Bret Hart comes out, like there's not a huge vocal pop, but you can tell everybody's into it. I'm like, I think you just don't have the would up great or Maybe. or mixed great. Actually, it's probably the mix because they'll do chants sometimes, and you can definitely tell what the hell they're chanting. So oh, for sure, I think it's just the mix. On commentary, Tony Schiavone just randomly buries Mike Tanay for his hotline secrecy. Oh yeah. I don't remember the exact quote, I did not write it down, but it was something like, oh, Mr. Hotline, you know, give me, you know, give me two bucks a minute and I'll tell you what's up. <laughs> it's like, all right, Tony, Jesus.
1: Like, look, we're all thinking it, but you don't have to say it.
0: He's not wrong, but he shouldn't say it. <laughs> Story of this match early on is that Booker D doesn't seem to really sweat Adams and Booker's just so damn quick. Booker, really is. Booker hits a scissor kick and accidentally clips Adams on yeah. on, the, on his legs going up. It was like, ooh. And
1: it hit him kind of hard on the way down, too. <laughs> just, yeah, that one just looked like it
0: hurt. On the outside, Adams hits a super kick to Booker, and then back inside, he hits a power bomb on Booker. It looked pretty smooth, too. It was like, oh, shit. Booker hits his big spide buster, which they call a sidewalk slam, which is not what that move is. He then follows it up with a flapjack, a rooney, which is still not named. Yeah. Harlem side kick and then a missile drop kick and the win.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: this is the best match of the night so far, but that really doesn't say much.
1: No, this was still a pretty nothing forgettable match. It wasn't
0: bad. Like I no. wouldn't say that. I don't like the missile drop kick as his finisher. Like it's not like an issue. I just think he has so many other good moves in his arsenal that it's like just use one of them. Right. I don't know when he ends up with with the bookend.
1: The bookend. Still a good name for a move.
0: On commentary, Larry Zbyszko checks out and we'll get Bobby Heenan after the break. We get the Nitro Girls. We then get a clip from last week of Rey Mysterio offering Kidman a title shot at Spring Stampede. Clip ends and then Tony throws the clip. And they're like, N- we, we just watched that.
1: Oh, I missed
0: that. Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry about that. Well, Because he's trying to throw to it while Jerry Foot is coming out for the next match. Which is Jerry Flynn versus Chris Jericho.
1: With his floof. The floof is back, but no Ralphus.
0: Yeah, it is confirmed Ralphus has been taken off TV. He apparently has a bit of an attitude problem. Yeah, I'm
1: kind of surprised.
0: He's getting a little too big for his britches.
1: You would never think a guy like that would be like, I'm too good for this, you know? He doesn't strike me as that kind of a guy, and yet here we are.
0: Well, I'm wondering if he just wanted a talent contract and not have to, like, set everything up all the time because he's still part of you know the crew so i'm wondering right. if he was like hey can i just do one of these jobs and they're like yeah you can be crew
1: maybe but, yeah but
0: again he will come back eventually
1: i guess we'll never know what actually happened because he didn't write a book
0: jericho grabs a mic and says that he is 100 canadian he says he was born here he grew up here he got everything here but now he lives in the u.s boo <laughs> he says he's glad he moved to the states because canada sucks <laughs>
1: And the commentary did have a funny note during this, where Jericho was saying, like, I'm 100% Canadian, and then commentary was like, what is that with the exchange rate? About
0: 85%. Yeah, there's a couple of exchange rate jokes over the course of this, mm-hmm. and they don't all work.
1: No, but that one made me laugh.
0: So match starts, Jerry Flynn hits a weird spin kick to Jericho in the corner, which ends up with Jerry Flynn, like, going to the outside. Yeah. Jericho hits a spin kick and then chokes Flynn with a bit of torn up t-shirt, which prompts, we want Brett chance.
1: Does, does Bret Hart do that? Or like, what did that come from?
0: No, just, we want, we want to see Brett. We're over this. Well, I think it was this one Canadian just turned on us. So we want the other Canadian. Canadian. Flynn goes to vault Jericho into the corner, but instead locks in a single leg Boston crab, which he thought looked pretty sore.
1: It did. It did look, it looked more sore than usual because I've seen that move before. It just looked rougher.
0: Jericho hits a lion's salt. He goes up top for a move, but gets kicked across the chest on the way down. Oof. Bobby asks where Ralphus is, and no one has an answer for him.
1: We all want to know. <laughs> but we also, I don't care. I don't care where Ralphus is.
0: Flynn goes for a powerbomb, but Jericho tries to roll through, but he's way too close to the ropes. So it just gets really badly botched. And then they end up just going to a different corner and like setting up a similar spot. And Jericho gets the pin with his feet on the ropes.
1: Yeah, it was essentially like they had to redo the ending.
0: This was another nothing match. Although, second to last Jericho match we're going to see.
1: Which is sad because I love him. And this is one of the last matches I'm going to see of him on this podcast.
0: Yeah, that was a real ugly kind of end. It was like, I, I in the middle of them going for I'm like, this is not going to work. Right. You are way too close to the ropes.
1: I mean, thankfully, we have SmackDown back on Peacock now and we can actually like see him. I'll be sad to not see Jericho. Jericho's not raw. Counts. Motherfuck he will come back eventually, right? They swap. They flip-flop around.
0: I don't think you'll see him until like 2008. Really? Like he stays on a raw and then he vanishes. So, in something completely different, we get Mean Gene with Spice. Our girl. They're there She's to...
1: been deemed our favorite Nitro girl.
0: Yes. They're there to plug the Battle for the Beatles sweepstakes Spice is not a great promo here. She does well up. I think Jean catches her off guard with a couple questions and it's like, oh, I didn't have an answer for that. Uh." But she calls the car spicy.
1: Spicy. Didn't you do a little bit of research on the actual game? Yes, because I was like,
0: there's no way this game is any good. And apparently it is because they're like, oh, someone's calling it the best racing game. And I'm like, okay, whatever. People like Jack and Jill doesn't mean it's good. Right. This apparently got a 9.1 from IGN at the time and has a 90% on Metacritic. So it's like, okay.
1: So maybe it is good.
0: I just kind of immediately went, oh, it's like a tie-in title to a specific car. Like this is not going to be any good.
1: Right. No, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. And it's called Beetle Adventure Racing. <laughs> oh, it didn't help that it was made by EA and now EA is like poison. But back then EA was still good. Mm. Uh looks like you can find it for not super expensive on eBay.
1: For which console?
0: N64. It's only on N64, apparently. Oh, wow. There's not a lot of them, though. So back to the actual wrestling portion of the show. We get Bret Hart coming out. And his theme is so bad that mm-hmm. no one reacts when it starts.
1: Yeah, I thought it was strange that he didn't get, like, a big vocal pop, like you said.
0: You can hear it a bit when he actually walks out, but it's such a weird non-start to his music. Yeah. Versus, like... Think about his WWE music and how it starts with that like a big note to start. Right. Th- this is just like a really subtle fade in. So no one reacts at first, but then he walks out. And this is where I kind of like, okay, they're just not mixed well. It's it's mm-hmm. not them. He's rocking some sort of Calgary hockey jersey. I don't know hockey. We don't know hockey. Yeah. I did find it interesting that there was no one here to interview Brett.
1: No, he's just going rogue on his own.
0: Yeah. He seems to be like one of the other people who's like allowed to do that.
1: I guess they trust him with a microphone. Yeah, I
0: guess the Wolfpack occasionally does that.
1: But Gene's usually there to mediate. Yeah,
0: or it's like, okay, I'm grabbing the mic before a match.
1: Right. But I did find it interesting when he came out, he said something along the lines of, everyone's upset about the WCW ratings, I'm not too worried about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's because he has a guaranteed contract. Well, yeah. (laughs) So he says, I'm not worried about the ratings, so I'm going to do a bit of O Canada. (laughs)
1: He, yeah, he he talks the O Canada lyrics. He, he
0: does some slam poetry of O Canada.
1: <laughs> but the audience loved it. I mean, he then they tells right along with it. He
0: then tells Bischoff to put that in his pipe and smoke it.
1: Put what in his pipe?
0: I don't put know. Put what? But also in kayfabe. Canada? In kayfabe, Bischoff has like no power.
1: Not even in kayfabe, but just like Bischoff's just not around. He's not on TV. Yeah, he's just not a character right now. Apparently,
0: he's leaving early for a couple of shows. Oh
1: well.
0: So Brett says that he's a five-time world champion. He did not say WWE Champion or WWF <laughs> at that point. But he can't get a match with anybody. He wants to prove that he's the best and calls out William Goldberg. William. And then calls him a chicken.
1: The big chicken.
0: Brett says that he's not going anywhere until Goldberg comes out to fight him. And then also references the Goldberg challenge to Steve Austin. Which yeah. commentary never said he was against. They just said that no, there See, was that's a why challenge. It,
1: that's why I find it interesting that they let... Bret Hart just be on his own on the mic up there. Like, sure, yeah, he's a good promo, but what's he going to say?
0: Bret also points out that he's beaten Austin every time they fought. Is that true? I think it is. Oh, okay. Especially one-on-one. There, there might be a tag match where Austin's won, but I think that might be accurate. Okay. Bret then takes off his one jersey to show a jersey underneath for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which gets a big pop. Goldberg comes out to large booze but also Goldberg chant.
1: Yeah. I think so, that was piped in. Do you think? I think Goldberg that was, chant?
0: Yeah, because huh. they would do that sometimes, apparently. And it was such a weird mix of stuff. And I'm like, I think that has to be piped in. Interesting.
1: I didn't even think about that.
0: Because I think this would be the first time Brett was at a wrestling show in Canada since Montreal.
1: And I think I asked you about that when we were watching it. I find that interesting. So maybe, maybe that's why they let him, like, go off on his own. I'm kind of shocked he, he didn't, like, shit talk any any more than he did.
0: He is still employed. By I him, know, Sylvia. and he's
1: professional, but yeah. it's so hard. He's, in he's that, not one of those guys. In that environment, though, it'd be hard for me to not take at least one jab, you know?
0: So Goldberg gets in the ring and spears Brett, but oddly stays down.
1: Yeah, they're just laying in the corner of the ring, like, what looks like snuggling for a little while. Yeah, I
0: think you were saying, like, well, somebody somebody's going to come out.
1: Yeah, I thought somebody had missed, like, a cue or something, and they were just waiting.
0: So, Brett finally starts to stir, and then rolls Goldberg over, and pins him, basically. He does his own count.
1: Goldberg is, like, out-out.
0: He then gets up and removes his shirt to reveal a metal plate on his stomach. He goes full uh, Back to the Future 3. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I think, ripped from a fistful of dollars, or for a few dollars more, one of them.
1: This got me. I was not expecting it. I was really confused as to what was happening in this whole moment, but... Yeah, no, that was that was good. That got
0: me. He then grabs a mic and says, Hey, Bischoff and the WCW, I quit. And then he just what? goes to the back. The commentary is confused to why Brett said Bischoff, because again, in kayfabe, Bischoff, Bischoff has, has no, power. no power. And when they come back from the break, they show that Bischoff actually came out and it was like, what are you doing?
1: Like while Brett was walking back up the ramp, Bischoff kinda like met him halfway and was like, What the hell, man? Yeah.
0: Which they're trying to be like, oh, is it a shoot?
1: And honestly, if I was watching it at that time, I probably would have thought it was a shoot. Yeah. Because we also talked about the unfortunate timing of all of this.
0: Yes, yeah, so we'll have that in a minute. Apparently backstage, Brett and Bischoff got into a fight to sell this to the boys. Are you kidding? Nope. They wanted to, they, they wanted to treat it. They want everyone to think, ooh, it was real. So they got into an argument. Apparently, no one was buying
1: it. Good, because that's so stupid. Like, if you work in wrestling as a wrestler, like, come on. Like, we can all just, like, go with the story. We can be actors and professionals. Like, you don't have to fucking lie to me. No,
0: the, the Bishop tried that a whole bunch at his time.
1: Like, if you are stage actors and, like, if your character was in a relationship with another character on stage. You wouldn't be, like, backstage making out to make everyone think that, oh, we're in a relationship and it's real. Like, No, everyone would just think that you're scummy and being weird.
0: Well, the, the difference is, are you on the one designated couch?
1: Oh, true. If you're on the one couch, then... If it, if it happens <laughs> on the couch, a, it stays on the
0: couch. It's a shoot, then. <laughs> it's a shoot. <laughs> you powerbombed her right out of the couch.
1: Anybody that's done theater knows what they mean by the couch.
0: So, as you mentioned, we will not see Brett for quite some time now. Um,
1: Like, you said that this was actually leading into a break for Brett regardless. Yes. Unfortunately, it was a longer break than he intended.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of strange because Brett only came back, like, last week. Yeah. And I guess maybe they just wanted to actually set something up before he left, because he kind of lost to Roddy Piper, didn't show up for a couple weeks, Mm -hmm. and yeah, he's having... Some sort of surgery or just kind of healing up, done. And unfortunately, while he's healing up, the Owen Hart tragedy will happen again. We will talk about that more when we get to it. But uh, Brett will take some obviously deserved time off around that time, yeah. Uh, I think he comes back during the fall, which so. I still
1: think is too soon. Like, that's yeah, Ugh, I can't imagine.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I was really intrigued by where the hell they were going to go from here with this, but... I um,
1: guess we won't see for a while.
0: I don't know if they'd do anything with it, yeah. in in all honesty. I mean, he may face Goldberg, and they may just totally ignore that this happened. I don't know.
1: We'll see. In the fall.
0: That said, this was a great segment.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Like the steel plate really got me and that that was the first time in a long time that I've been like, wow, for something that WCW yeah. has has put out, like
0: It's funny cuz I I knew about this segment and they were just sitting there. It's it's a while. Mm-hmm. They lay there and you were like, "What's happening?" and I'm like, "Just just wait. Like it will like I'm like it will pay off. Something will happen yeah. here." Eventually they just went to commercial. <laughs> It just spears them. They're both down and just, folks, we're out of time. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would not have been nearly as impactful if like, they came back like, last week, what you didn't see on Nitro. like, It wouldn't have had the same power and gravitas to it.
0: You know what this kind of feels like to me? And bear with me through this. Oh, God. We actually recently passed, um, I forget how many years ago it was. So we, we recently passed the eight-year anniversary. And, you know, Nothing really special in terms of eight years. Of the Mark Henry fake retirement mm. promo, okay. which is a great segment that doesn't really lead to anything. right? And people remember that and I think they mix up when it happens and I kind of wonder if this has the same kind of weird goggles on it of, it's a great segment, it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. And maybe something else happens before or after where it's like, oh... This is attached to that. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of not. Right. Like, Mark Henry's main run was, you know, a year and a half before that. Right. So, I know this is revered. And I'm like, yeah, unfortunately. We'll see if even Goldberg talks about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a really good promo. And, like, I understand why it was yeah. revered. But, yeah. It, it's just it's just unfortunate. Like, there's nothing that, would, that anybody could have done about that. Yeah.
0: We then get a Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner feud package. And I just still do not want to root for Buff. <laughs> Buff has a new theme song when he comes out. He does. Unfortunately, it is not American Males.
1: I don't think you've, I don't think I've heard it. American Males. American
0: Males. American Males. American Males. American Males. American Males. American Males.
1: I like it. That would slap.
0: Unfortunately, it is a new theme and not American Males. This sounds more like a 80s volleyball montage, which I guess American Males kind of does too.
1: It Yes, that definitely does. That sounds like it belongs behind a like, I don't know, those neon signs sort of things that you, I, I can't think of like how to describe it, but like a video montage of like neon sign looking, zooming across the, the screen and just men on the beach. I don't know. I have a visual in my head. I'm just not doing well at describing it.
0: That's great for an audio podcast.
1: I know. Shut up.
0: Can we talk about Buff's bangs? Slash fringe. I'd rather not. <laughs> it's not great.
1: It's really bad. It just looks like someone needs to push his hair up and just like set it. Like
0: this is the late 90s. This is the era of gel.
1: Yeah. And maybe he just like forgot his and no one would let him borrow theirs. I don't
0: know. No, this is a pretty standard Buff look, I it's, feel like.
1: It's not what he had on last time we saw him.
0: So Buff grabs a mic. He says that he's Buff and he's the stuff. That's pretty much it. Cool. He's out here to face Norman Smiley.
1: Norman Smiley, as fucking commentary, will not let go. Yeah, let's
0: just talk about that to start. Fucking. They will not shut up about it being Smiley and occasionally Norman.
1: Norman Smiley. They just will not let it go. It's so.
0: Yeah, and like Tony just keeps calling him Smiley. They're like, no, No, it's not that.
1: Yeah, whoever was trying to just call him Smiley, I respect them. He's like, let's move on. Can we not do this?
0: So the match starts and Buff does his taunts, the weird. like skip step followed by the pose then he does one move and does it again then does another move and then does push-ups then goes to the camera and says i didn't know we hired warren moon
1: to which we had to look up who warren moon was well i knew who
0: warren moon was i just forgot what he looked like he's an nfl quarterback he i think actually at this point he was playing quarterback for the kansas city chiefs him and norman smiley don't look terribly dissimilar no but like that's not a Gotham kind of reference. You know what I mean? You. It's like, kind oh, of look you look like this like, football player. Yeah, this football player who like is good.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Maybe I. I don't know. Maybe there's like, it, some sort of inside. thing it's, That we're missing.
0: It's not like, oh, you, I didn't know we hired Tim Tebow or Johnny Manziel. Where it's something <sighs> that like you know like a football player who actually like has heat with certain people.
1: Right. Maybe it's an inside joke from '99 that we just don't know. I don't know.
0: It'd be like someone going. I didn't know we hired Dak Prescott. Like, Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Like, you need something on top of that. You're halfway to a joke.
1: Right, yeah. There's got to be something else there.
0: So, during this match, Emily did a little research. You did a little Google search on Mr. Bagwell and what he's up to now. Oh!
1: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that I looked this up. So while we were watching this match, I just did a fun little Google search. Of like, hey, Buff Bagwell, I know you're not dead. So what you doing now? Are you like a trainer or something? First thing that comes up is a TMZ article that says Buff Bagwell was arrested. So I re- I clicked the article. I'm like, oh, God, what did he do? Like, he-, he didn't do anything like horrible, horrible. It was just, you know, hit and run, open container. But the best part about it, he was arrested in Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs>
0: Lying to police. He did not respect the law, and now he'll be serving hard times.
1: <laughs> we had to stop the show when I found that fact because I was like, Nick, this cannot be true. There's no way.
0: <laughs> I don't think he ever got arrested for it, but, uh, other TMZ article. He, back in 2014, he was a successful gigolo. <laughs> I think we've this referenced that. We before. have. Just, I think I had to cut out a Deuce Bigelow reference because it was too niche.
1: This man's life is just so interesting.
0: He apparently was earning four hundred dollars an hour as a gigolo. Cool. <laughs> a weekend with the buffster will set you back eight grand.
1: Oh, wow. But I don't the, think I but really the want full that. week
0: is a better value at twenty-five grand.
1: I, I, I couldn't. I could not. There's no way. What would you do with a week with Buff Bagwell? You're paying him, so you guys can, you guys can do whatever. Would you want to wrestle? Would you want to talk? Like,
0: I, I, I would make him watch his matches and go, "Why'd you do that, there, Buff?" That's a good idea. There's <laughs> <laughs> a thought process here.
1: What was your plan? <laughs> Are you the stuff? Can I can I see the top hat? Can I have the top hat?
0: He did not have the top hat here. No, he
1: didn't. Maybe that's why we didn't realize, like, the hair was so bad in the past, because he's been wearing that fucking top Well, he's also
0: been wearing, like, random baseball hats, too. True. So, Smiley hits the Smiley Slam and then does a little shimmy. He then does the buff taunt as well, which I laughed at. Bagwell tries to roll him up, but Smiley kicks out. Norman works over the neck for a long while with some slow, I wrote, boring action, but I think you were into this more than me.
1: I mean I did have fun in this match. Like this was probably I mean the fun went up when I found the Cobb County fact. But yeah, it wasn't a bad match in my eyes. I thought it was kind of fun.
0: Buff does his taunt for the third time during this match. And like it's not a quick taunt. It is a long drawn out. Oh, no. Like if you were playing Smackdown versus Raw, like you would that ta- taunt would get interrupted constantly cuz the person yeah. would not stay down long enough for you to do that whole taunt. Yeah. And Buff wins with a second rope blockbuster. I was Bit bored, but compared to the rest of the show, this was passable,
1: yeah, exactly. that's like, it <laughs> i I liked it. I thought it was fun. It's best mad for me thus far. <sighs> I think it's better than the Booger T match in oh. terms of like entertainment
0: oh but this way let's let's move on to a match that is better than all of the matches so far, and without question,
1: okay, well yeah, <laughs> I'm saying, but I'm saying to this point it's the best
0: next up is the tag team title match of Rey Mysterio Jr. and Kidman versus Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. And I literally wrote it, I'm like, this should be a great match.
1: It should be, yes.
0: Benoit hits a massive back body drop early on. Kidman hits a powerbomb on Chris Benoit, and I desperately wanted Chris Benoit to reverse it into a facebuster. <laughs> but then Rey and Dean tag in, and they've had some very quality matches over the they years. Have. Ray gets worked over in the corner and loses a strap to his overalls.
1: Okay, yeah. Ray's gear just makes me so sad lately. Really, since he's gotten unmasked. It's just, his gear is so... Yeah, because
0: it was like Arctic camouflage overalls. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's probably not a great idea to wrestle in because...
1: Like the buckles.
0: Well, not even that. He lost one strap. What happened if he lost the other strap?
1: I would hope that he's wearing some kind of tights underneath.
0: I mean, probably, but I'm just like... Your pants are still going to fall down and you're going to look ridiculous.
1: You're going to look silly.
0: look sillier than you already are wearing overalls. Yeah. Ray hits a springboard hurricane Hurricanrana to Benoit and then a spin kick to Dean. Ray tries for another hurricane Hurricanrana, but Benoit holds on to him and Dean dives from the top rope and turns it into an assisted powerbomb. Dean then foolishly tries to powerbomb Kidman, but Kidman counters it into a face buster. Would you believe it?
1: Our boy with the face buster.
0: Dean hits a top rope gut buster on Kidman, which had you scared.
1: It looked rough.
0: <laughs> That's a, like a patented Dean Malenko move, too. I know,
1: but every time he does it, it's like, ugh. It, I it did right. ouch. Yeah, it looked ouchy.
0: And unfortunately, after that, they go to commercial, and I'm like, damn it, I was really I into this like match. they
1: always cut to commercial in Ray Kidman matches. Like, without, without a doubt, every time. I don't understand why.
0: Back from the break, the champions are working over Kidman. Kidman hits a vaulted double dropkick to the champions and then tags in Ray. Ray vaults Kidman to the outside onto Chris Benoit and then Dean hits a -a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and goes for the pin but the ref is distracted so I think that was meant to kind of protect the champions here of like they had a you know they had a visual win at one point. Ray then goes for a top rope Hurricane Rana but Dean catches him with a powerbomb and starts to go for the Cloverleaf but during the setup Raven and Perry Saturn come down. I guess is he Perry Saturn here or is he Scary Saturn here? (laughs)
1: i think he's perry saturn because i don't remember being like he didn't
0: really do anything
1: well no and i think they're only calling him saturn now i think he's only going by saturn
0: they flip-flop on it
1: well they call kidman kidman i want to call him billy
0: they've flip-flopped on calling i think both them by their full names and just their last names
1: right because like whenever i talk about billy kidman i call him billy at least in my notes
0: I think Saturn might like distract the ref because Raven comes in, hits the even flow DDT on Dean, and pulls Ray on top. Yeah, Ray gets the pin. New champions. Ooh! I thought this was a really good match.
1: I wish they didn't interfere. Yeah,
0: the ending got a little messy and overbooked. Yes. But I'm like, I'm looking forward to seeing these guys wrestle again.
1: Yeah, like this foursome.
0: Yeah, there is a reason for them to have another match, yes. which I'm like, okay you know it like I just, I don't, not all matches are going to end clean it was these just these
1: two teams don't need raven and perry saturn coming in to interfere these four can put on a good match without interference and it just felt so stupid and so unnecessary like they just, they ruined it
0: yeah and i did think it was interesting that you know you had a story with raven and perry saturn versus Benoit Malenko, and you put the titles on a team that wasn't a team before 2 hours before right. before this match. Right. I guess they had been previously, but I'm like it was an interesting choice. We'll see how that kind of progresses going forward. Right. Um they might do some sort of three team action. Uh TLC is not a thing at this point yet, so I don't think we're going to get anything <laughs> like that. Oh, that would be that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be fun. Kind of match for that. That would be fun though. Cuz you have like, you know, the the technical guys, the hardcore guys and the high flyers. Yeah. I'm pretty much content with any combination of those matches, though, so I'm looking forward to whatever comes from this.
1: Yeah, whatever comes will be good, and will be fun to watch.
0: We then get a Spring Breakout Cineburst recap, same thing from last week. It's the exact
1: same package as last time.
0: And we get the Nitro Girls again. My girls. Was this the one where they were clearly doing a new dance because they didn't know it as well?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the Nitro Girls had one dance that they recycled that they did great earlier in the show, and then this one was clearly new, and they didn't quite have the choreography Nailed out. I'll give them a pass.
0: Time for the main event. Complete with Michael Buffer. I feel like we haven't seen him in a few weeks. It is Hulk Hogan versus DDP with Ric Flair. Woo! DDP does not do his crowd bit to start his entrance, so I was kind of happy. It's one of those where you can't heal in the crowd and then kind of go over and go, Yeah, that one worked. Match starts and we get some very big Hogan chants.
1: I don't
0: like that. I don't like Hogan chants. Pretty standard action from these two going into the commercial break. When we come back, they're brawling at the commentary desk and there's no commentary because yeah. they're not there. And apparently there's no count out because they're just wrestling on the ramp for a while. So I
1: guess this is an ODQ match as per any Hulk Hogan yeah. match. Rules that are apply no to rules. Hulk Hogan's matches. Yeah, exactly.
0: So they try to do a spot on the stage <laughs> where DDP whips Hogan into the, the large WCW logos on each side. And Hogan just doesn't push hard enough, because they're trying to tip him over.
1: Yeah, because you pointed out, this is the last time with this set, so it would make sense at the main event. They're going to destroy the set, whatever. I think that that's what they wanted to do.
0: That is what they were trying to do, because Hogan then whips DDP into one side. DDP, little yo, gets whipped into it, and then he's like sitting there pushing, pushing for five <laughs> seconds. They manage to tip over one side. And... <sighs> commentary treats this like they're burning the building down yeah. they then go back to ringside and like DDP gets thrown into the steps and they're like oh this place is never going to be the same it's like that spot happens stairs. like once a match
1: people pick those things up and launch them at each other what are you talking about
0: clearly what they had planned and what actually happened was a lot different because <laughs> also you couldn't do too much with the actual truss like, of the of, of the set, because yeah. there's lights on there. That's right. an expensive thing to fucking try to do.
1: Right. Yeah, they're not replacing everything. They're just replacing the decorations.
0: So, in the ring, Hogan chokes DDP with his weightlifting belt, which is countered by a low blow. <laughs> sure. I guess. Flair then tries to attack Hogan on the outside, but DDP doesn't want help, so he decks Flair. Flair then kind of disappears for a little while after this, but then just reappears with no real surprise there. Yeah. Commentary's like, where's Flair? And I'm like, yeah, where is Flair? And then he just stands up. Blah, 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 oh, there he is. Oh, there he
1: is. He just wanted to take a seat. He's tired. Long day.
0: Commentary even points out during this match that there's only kind of something on the line.
1: Is there anything It's like on there's the
0: implications line? on the line. And while they're doing that, something clearly happens in the crowd. Because uh, the entire crowd turns.
1: Turns and looks at something else. And then
0: something happens and then you hear everybody go boo. And it's like, oh. Like, n- nothing in the match was prompting this. No, no, no.
1: So I'm thinking that, like, somebody in the audience was just being a little jackass and or got like, thrown or like, out, maybe. Or, 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 or like
0: a fight started in the maybe. audience.
1: And they broke it up and they are like, ah, oh, boo. You know people. You know how people are.
0: In the ring, Hogan tries to do some sort of weird arm bar. And I'm like, this just looks wrong.
1: Armbar. <laughs> arm bar.
0: DDP gets whipped into the ref, and Hogan hits a big boot, but misses the leg drop as Charles Robinson comes into ref. DDP signals for the diamond cutter, but Hogan hulks up. Flair comes in with a chair and accidentally hits DDP while Charles Robinson like has his hand like covering like <laughs> like the angle like I I can't DQ you if I don't see it, so I'm not gonna not look. See. But as mentioned, Flair accidentally hits DDP. Hogan fights off Flair, hits a leg drop on DDP. Charles Robinson refuses to count, so Hogan punches him, and then recovers DDP, and the first ref, I think it was Mickey J, counts the pin. This was a bit of a mess of main event, and honestly, I'm a little mad that Hogan didn't hit another leg drop, because he had a leg drop, waited like, like 30 seconds went by, and then DDP still doesn't kick out.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. He probably should have done that again.
0: And it just overall made DDP look a bit weak. weak.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree.
0: I think that might have been a bit by design, because apparently this match did not draw a huge rating, and Hogan just went, well, DDP's the problem, because we know I'm a draw.
1: Oh, I hate that.
0: Thoughts on the match before we move on to the show as a whole?
1: It wasn't bad. I didn't hate it.
0: Yeah, it was... It was fun. The The last two minutes were a bit of a mess, but the match itself, I really wish they achieved what they were going for with the mm. set Go, going nuts yeah that it was like cool. you, you tossed some papers around commentary and that was kind of it
1: I think they they planned out those spots in theory but didn't actually try anything before they went for it on camera
0: I don't know if this is better than the time Triple H threw a sledgehammer <sighs> through a like a tarp basically that they were projecting the, the, the thing on they were projecting Vince McMahon yeah. who, we've talked about this he flinched and they had a bunch of pyro go off, like like Triple H broke the Titan the, the Titantron, and they debuted a whole new set. Yeah. I don't know if this was more or less convoluted than that.
1: Probably less convoluted, but still just as stupid.
0: Because it doesn't seem like, oh, we have to replace things no. next week. So that was the March 29th, 99 Nitro.
1: I felt like we went through that really quick.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. A lot of nothing matches, but then a good amount of good stuff here, too. Yeah. And some story progression? Unfortunately, not enough, because there's a pay-per-view in eight days, but... Oh my god,
1: there's a pay-per-view in eight days. Yeah,
0: and I'm trying to think of announced matches. We have the Cruiserweight title match.
1: Um, We have, um...
0: Disco and... Disco and Conan? Conan. Uh, no world title match, no Goldberg match.
1: Bret Hart's not coming back.
0: Yeah. So, we'll have to see... Something will happen with, with you know, the tag titles, maybe, but there's already a Cruiserweight title match, so I guess...
1: I guess we'll see. I don't know. Because, like, do we have another Nitro before the um, pay-per-view? Yes. So maybe stuff will be announced then?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to announce a whole bunch of stuff. Or just not announce it. And, you know. Go into the,
1: the episode, or the pay-per-view and figure it out.
0: They've done that before. They have. Overall, this was... Eh, I mean, check out, like, the couple, you know, a couple of the bits we, we praised, but...
1: Definitely watch the Bret Hart promo, because that was good.
0: Yeah, this is better than last week.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Because... Jesus, we wanted to die last week. week. We went through this pretty quickly, but even I feel like we had positives and things to talk about versus Ricky Rackman was nowhere on the show.
1: I still forget that that is his name. That's that's Frosted Tip Man, yes? Yep. I call him Frosted Tips.
0: Before we get to Best Bits and MVP, I've been slacking on talking about the show ratings a little bit. Oh, you're right. So last week did a 4.0 compared to Raw's 6.4. This week dropped to a 3.5 Yikes. compared to Raw's 6.5. The last time WCW did worse than this rating on a standard Nitro, because I was looking this up, there's a couple weird ones where they got preempted and pushed to like 12.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it was like an hour-long show. The last time they, they did like a 3.4 or worse was July 28th, 1997.
1: So the crash is happening. Yeah. And Raw's just getting better and better.
0: Yeah, we're not. I, I don't think we're at the the peak Raw rating yet, but it it can only it can only get marginally better from here. Yeah, true. Let's go to best bit and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit?
1: The Bret Hart promo, by far. Yeah. <laughs> Easily.
0: If the tag title match had had a little bit more of a clean or even just like neat finish, I think we. Would have been in consideration.
1: Yeah, because that was definitely the best match for me, but it went from a nine to a seven when Perry and um what's his face came in? Raven.
0: Yeah, if it wasn't for the Bret Hart segment, I would also give consideration to that DDP interview. I yeah. really like that. It yeah. was a nice character building kind of thing.
1: It's unfortunate, like I don't even have like a a jokey answer for either of these. <laughs> Cause like my my MVP is Bret Hart. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sometimes it's obvious when the best bid is something.
1: Yeah. But sometimes I have like a fucky sort of like, oh, my MVP is Sting up in the rafters. Like, no.
0: Yes, I was kind Sting of. Sting didn't do anything. Yeah, we talked yeah, about I felt like I expected Sting to show back up. I, I expected him to come back in the main event, and he never showed. So they had Sting come back. They teased on the hotline the other week that Randy Savage was also being talked about. So we'll see if Randy Savage turns up one That's of these true, weeks I too. Think. So our next episode, episode twenty-three, is going to be I think it's the April 5th. It's the next nitro, it's the one before spring stampede. Yeah. Check your check your local peacock for uh, <laughs> what the hell date that one is.
1: <laughs> Just imagine there's like a peacock walking around on the Sure. Sir, coast. what's the next nitro? <laughs> Anything else you got, Nick?
0: You can follow us on Twitter at Butts in the Pod.
1: As well as on Instagram at Butts in the Pod.
0: Keep forgetting about the Instagram. Yes. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts
1: tell your friends.
0: Leave us a rating, a review, or honestly, right now, the best way you can help us out is word of mouth. I know we want to climb up those charts, but, you know, share share the podcast with somebody in your life that you think it's something they'd like. Emily, before we go, any thoughts on Sonny Ono?
1: Oh, we didn't even talk about the Treasures episode, but that man, what a guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a hook for the next time we see him.
1: Yeah, we have some Sunny Ono thoughts that might shock you. Tune in next time.
0: No, we're not doing the clickbait <laughs> thing. He showed up on a show we were watching, and we'll talk about that next time. That's our big hook for the next episode.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Find out next time on episode twenty three of the Let's the Seas podcast.